Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. Jeez. This is your favorite Christmas song, isn't it? It is. See, that's chemistry. Damn, I didn't know you were going to drop that on me. I was about to uh, open it up with doing my own version of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I would have liked that too, but I mean, wham, you can't really beat, so. Whammy! <laughs> maybe you can you can close this out with that maybe Ooh, okay i'll save it okay yeah I'm that's that's hot um well welcome to another episode of the point forward a very christmas themed episode of the point forward we do ho 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 just a couple of ho ho's the next pod we do maybe it live it's sounding more and more likely Oh, it might be. Allegedly. Allegedly. We'll see, though. Sources close to the situation are saying, are can, can confirm there's a high likelihood. I hope that ends up working out, but we got a lot to talk about. And I want to start here, PJ. I want to start with what my favorite thing about opening presents on Christmas is not actually opening presents themselves, but it's the stocking. Oh, is it? Yeah, my favorite thing is the stocking. You're at the beginning. Actually, that is true. You get to work yourself into the whole entire, you know, present opening. The stockings, honestly, as you get older, end up kind of being the best part of it. Younger, no. You're not. They were. Once you. Before the age of 16, I would say the stocking was not great, but. After that point, I would make the argument that, yeah, because everything that you wanted was nice and compact and fun, and my parents would just stuff it in the stocking. So they weren't even really truly stuffing stuffers. Stocking stuffers. <laughs> stuffing stuffers. Stocking stuffers. <laughs> stocking stuffers. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that we it only makes sense for us to start our podcast today with some stocking stuffers, so some quick hitters, so a few things here and there that just kind of kind of get everyone ready for the for the the big present at the end. Does that sound good? Mm, the big present, the big present, baby. But the, I think these the are your hors d'oeuvres, your hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, some some holiday cookies. Yes. And we got to start with Isaiah Thomas because it sounds like the little guy may be back, the, at least the elf? in the next month or so. He's he's going to be leaving his uh, leaving the North Pole. He'll be freed up after after next week. So yeah, he'll have some time to uh, finish up his rehab. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, LeBron James's favorite little elf is returning from the North Pole. Yeah, I thought that's how you were going to set it up, really, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'll try to keep the rest of these Christmas themed. I'll do my yeah, best. Yeah, please. Continue. Um, continue with but, the facts. Uh, <laughs> I'll continue with the facts. So uh, Isaiah is, is eyeing a first week of January return, which was earlier than I expected. I mean, we still got to see what quality, you know, how good of basketball he's going to be playing right when he gets back and how many minutes, but... Are you on a wooden chip, by the way? I am. Oh, yeah. there's a lot yes. of creaking going on back there. <laughs> if it, I don't know why you had to poke fun of me during the Christmas season that uh, I, I can't afford an apartment and I now live in a wooden ship. But <laughs> an old, old wooden ship. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. 
sorry. I'll be quiet. I'll quiet the ship down. I just I want to make sure we were all alright. If we were turned into pirate radio all of a sudden, I wanted to know about it. PJ, will you just give me your take on Isaiah now? Come on. I thought he was supposed to come back and I wasn't I I didn't really think he was, I was think, not supposed I was to come think, back in January. I thought it was gonna be sometime after the All Star break. Yeah, maybe it's January thirty first. I don't know. We'll get close. It doesn't have to be exactly January one he's back, but I mean is that also could that I mean, based on that story, I mean he does that mean he's like in games or he's just gonna be like back playing like practicing? It all he's seems like very trying vague. to be back playing a game in January. He wants to be suited up in a Cavaliers uniform alongside LeBron James in the first month of twenty eighteen. Is what you're saying. Yep. yep. Um, I think that's good, obviously, if he's back sooner. Um, he said, I mean, his two tweets he fired off that the first one I was the only one that I had originally seen, so I thought this was like the news was he said, uh, Cavs guard Isaiah Thomas is targeting the first week of April to make his debut. League sources tell IT. And I didn't do much more besides favorite that tweet and then <laughs> Not see the second one being where he goes, I guess all you have to say is league sources tell. And your article or whatever is legit. LOL. So, taking that off, alter anything you want to say on the pod from here on forward, new policy. You just have to say, league sources tell. Well. And now we're legit. League sources tell me that uh, LeBron James wore some cool sneaks last night. And I would like to get your opinion on them first because you do own a pair of 15s from LeBron. I do. I'm now a proud owner of the 15s. I I thought, I mean, he had worn those black ones already. Sure. This is the first time he'd worn, a, a, like, shown off the white one. That was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, people like the headlines from it and stuff. That was uh, basically just, like, a picture of the shoes and and said LeBron with a strong statement <laughs> and just the I'm trying to find the Bomani tree right now I'm gonna read it off here because he he said it the best but um like the sh- look of the shoe and stuff was cool he played really well against the Wizards um so that was tight but I mean the the actual look of the shoes I mean I know some people aren't as big a fan of the 15s I, I since I bought them i do like them for obvious takes but um yeah i thought i mean the i'm never always like a different color shoe on either foot kind of thing but obviously like this look was go- we all know what it was going for <laughs> so like it makes sense in this context but um yeah i mean the shoe the, i mean i liked the black ones before when he had worn those so i'd seen those before but the white one looks good too. Yeah, I thought they're. I'm typically not a fan of the two different color shoes look. Right. Yeah, I'm with but you. But shocker, I'm a fan of what what LeBron did. So good for him. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, but obviously, like, yeah, that's not. But in this context, like having the different color shoes, the meaning being, you know, black and white and being equal, but. Yes, the uh, symbolism behind it yeah. was. Symbolism was nice, but yeah, Bomani Street was. You realize how backward this whole country is if the word equality, obstinately, 
uh, a core tenant of this place is a strong message. And it was related to a quote tweet. Obse- oh, obsessively, a core tenant of this place is a strong message. And he quote tweeted something from a Twitter account called at Soul Collector that said, King James sent a strong message with the sneakers in D.C. last night. So I thought hmm. it was pretty funny that, yeah, equality being something that our country's based on is a strong statement. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's pretty funny. It's, it's funny and it's sad and it's a lot of things, but I, it's cool. I'm glad you did that. The gold lettering on it is sick, though. Well, the gold, I, the gold on these shoes is, is pretty I, awesome. I used to not be a huge fan of of gold as a secondary or primary color for that matter, and I've really come a long way as far as but that goes. But that's so I think. subtle. That's super subtle. Yeah, so as a secondary color, like a little bit of, uh, of an accent with your primaries. So you got the white and the black, but then you got a little bit of gold in there. It, it, it's nice. I, I like the look a lot. It's tasteful. It's very tasteful. Next, we've got the, the Rockets, which they, uh, they're having a, a very joyous Christmas season. They've Rattled Can't off 13 straight wins. They have the plague of winning. And they, at least, like, I mean, I know it was close for a little bit the last couple games, but they have, they're blowing people out. Like, these are not close for the most part. I, um, I, was, I was trying to tell you why I was, I was slacking on my Rockets. I said every time I was, like, going to start to watch them because I wanted to watch them, like, play in a, fourth, a full fourth quarter and – you know, see some of their first half stuff, and I'd like get sucked in another game, and then before I know it, they're blown out a damn team. So I mean, yeah, they were losing to the Jazz last night, weren't they? Down by like ten, and they ended up beating them by twenty-one. Yeah, they were down eight or so. Oh, in they the were the twenty-one quarter, point. And then, and then they finished. The they put up. Go ahead. Sorry, I was yeah. I was just the, so the twenty-one point margin victory for the Rockets, largest in the Shotcock era for a team that. Trailed by at least five points after three quarters. Yeah, they were down eight or nine in the fourth, and then they finished the game on like a 38-10 to 10 run or something like that. It's really unbelievable. When they're clicking and they're hitting threes, especially in transition, it's just unstoppable. Teams just can't can't keep up with them. But they, And that's what they base their, the structure of this team off of, is just the idea that, hey, we're just going to have a bunch of shooters that – on most nights, they're going to be able to shoot really well, and we're just going to sh- like shoot teams out of the gym. I mean, we've talked before. And Clint Capella is good. Capella had twenty, yeah. I think twenty-two points and twenty rebounds last night, and he's not playing that many minutes. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he's kind of has to be like he. They've really um, Clint Capella's role on the Rockets has never been very complex and. Uh, they've they've they basically told him you're good at these two things. Please do them very well. He's their DeAndre Jordan. He's just yeah, exactly. He he can actually shoot free throws at a decent clip, and he's good. Mm. He knows what to do on defense. He's what's he shooting from three from the line right now? I didn't I didn't think. He I was... mean, look, he's he's much better than he used to be. He used to shoot like thirty percent. Him and Andre Drummond went to the same. Free throw. I've not. I've to be honest with everyone here. I've not seen Clint Capella shoot one free throw this season. So I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up as well. He's shooting almost sixty percent from the line. So he's. I mean, he's. It's not great. Don't get me wrong. But he's only. He's only. Yeah. He's a career forty-six percent three three 
Uh, yeah. He's a 46% free throw shooter this season. He's almost 60. I mean, it's it's a lot better. I mean, his PER this year is 27. <laughs> that's that's yeah. really high. I mean, I, I would mean, also say it's probably coming at a convenient time since his contract's up after this year. Oh, his contract's up. He gets to play with two of the best distributors in the history of the NBA. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's, like you said, they've, they've made things very simple for Clint Capella to do well. Um, at those things so um yeah no he's been good like yeah i'm not i'm not trying to say like you're he's not a great like he's not a good player i just yeah he's not i, I think, think a lot DeAndre of his Jordan, su- a lot of his success should be attributed to Jam- uh, james harden and chris paul for sure yeah and how that team is structured yep absolutely and uh eric gordon's played had like a really good stretch too he's had some Really nice games for them. He had a good game. I mean, he played really well for them last night. Um, so yeah, no, I mean they're just they're hitting on all cylinders. It's uh, who do they play on Christmas? I'm looking. I'll look up. that up in one second. But right. yeah. so because I'm he, I'm definitely gonna make sure I watch. Clint Clint Capella's per thirty six minute or uh, stats from this year. Nineteen point eight points, sixteen rebounds just under three blocks and he's shooting almost 70 percent from two it's pretty good yeah it's not i mean that's not not bad they play the they play okc okay that's what i thought yeah i guess we gotta talk about the christmas games at some point but we'll do that at the end i uh no i just i'm definitely that's that's one of them i was like because i was gonna watch last night because i saw they were down and then but I, I like flipped over for two minutes and I flipped back and then they were freaking back and <laughs> they were blowing them out. It was wild. But shout out Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he's he, good. He's good. <laughs> uh, we we do have to talk uh, the opposite of good. I think someone must have had too much Christmas candy or something. But at the Hawks game, do you see mm. that woman vomiting her brains out mm. behind the bench? <laughs> Too much eggnog ultra would be the the line you were gonna try to drop there, I believe. Oh, too much egg, too much spiked eggnog. Is that what you're saying? Too much eggnog. Get yeah, too much holiday punch for someone. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go on to Twitter.com, uh, and you can find the puking hawk fan. It's like a two second clip of them just like panning the hawk's bench and a woman just vomiting in her violently in her hand and like right behind the bench and it really made me made me laugh maybe i'll just attach it to the we'll attach it to the tweet when we send out the the pod episode so you can see it because it's it's great yeah something along the lines of we know that this is how you feel at work today so hopefully the point forward pod can lift your christmas spirits i'll handle the messaging okay that we'll yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you run with that. You're you're better. You've, at that you've bombed too many Christmas jokes already in this this episode. I'm I'm just not sure if you're. You well, might be on with an naughty list for me. This next one, I am not going to be making any Christmas jokes. So the T Wolves did beat the Portland Trailblazers last night by a point in Minnesota. And when leaving, as reported by ESPN, Damian Lillard was heckled and had some racial slurs thrown at him by some Minnesota fans, which... Was, uh, oh, there's anti-gay slurs, not racial. 
Oh, sorry. Ant okay, so anti-gay slurs. My apologies. Um, well, either way, I'm really surprised that this would happen here, and it it's just embarrassing. Uh, really? it, it it sucks. I. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened anywhere. I yes, just thought it was really. I guess that's true. It's just I I would have expected this to come be coming out of a a different place than a heavily democratic city. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised at it anywhere. I just thought it was with the story was like him kind of going up and what seems like he was pretty calm and collected and like just confronted the dudes and uh, one of the dudes, one of the guys apologized and the other one sounds like kind of ran off or something. Um, but yeah, kind of unfortunate. But I mean, good for shout out to Damian Lillard for like saying something in a way like not just letting that fly and letting people get that off and i mean also him coming off a loss too i mean that could have gone gone a could lot of different bad. ways so it seemed yeah. i was just yeah i mean it was just cool to see that and ultra i mean not to make light of any sort of slurs but you could have said in this instance two people in minnesota we know will be receiving coal this christmas oh okay well, thanks I, for the tip. <laughs> Do you want? Me, I mean, I should. I should control this pod sleigh. I don't know. Well, speaking of sleighs, I think <laughs> I think Anthony Davis may be taking a sleigh, a sleigh outside of New Orleans. Oh. I'm not. I'm. He may oh, be no, trying it's... to. He may be trying to grab a hold of Santa's sleigh and getting the hell out of there this Christmas. So. The article is so like everyone that pulled from this thing is so it's he such said, garbage. He said all the right things in it. He literally all he said was he wants to win. Like all he cares about is winning. And I thought and he it was wants like, to win in New Orleans, but he did he did allude. He said that Boston's calling. Which I mean, come on. I mean, I yeah, guess anyone can read between the lines and and come we, to that conclusion. Everyone knew they were like them and calling. Like it's come up every year. Like. Before they made this Kyrie trade, like that was kind of what people would say. Were like, we're, we're positioning this whole thing as is like them taking that Brooklyn pick and trying to get Anthony Davis possibly, if this right. boogie AD thing went south. Uh, no, but I like saw the headlines and I find the Woj article and I was like, oh, this dude, all he's saying is, hey, I really like to win. Like my focus is on basketball. Like yeah, there's all these other guys. Uh, and they talk about them, and they kind of leave me out. And I'm with Anthony Davis on this, because I remember, I think, it was our very first pod when we did the little first GM survey, and it was cat over him, and I said, I just couldn't believe that. And he's, in my opinion, does get forgotten a little bit more than you he would does. really think with, like, the context of his skill set and just the hype coming into him after his rookie year and what he can do. I mean, there isn't much that he does that like if you compare what he does versus Giannis, Kristoff, and this is what he's kind of saying in the article, it's like you hear about those guys all the time and he just said, you know, I take it personally when I play those guys like yeah, I try harder. Um and like the I kind of was like in the context of Joel and B, you know, social media and all these highlights and he's like I don't really care about that. I care about winning. Um I just thought it was interesting the idea of Boogie and and Rondo talking to him about kind of his his uh, sway with the organization and just the idea that hey man like you have a lot more say in how this thing's run than you are like acting and just so, do you are you aware of that and he 
see responding and don't really realize that as far as like practice like you could tell the coach hey I think we should move practice back an hour you know we just played last night you know that those kind of things so um that i was the the one thing to me that really came away is he's kind of just i don't know if naive's the right word but he i, I it's almost like a, a innocent a, like he's oblivious in a very innocent way to like his context of like where he falls and things like he's just very basketball focused and uh i mean not that i'm surprised like that's his on-court demeanor shows that uh but i just the I, like those th- and that's not a sexy headline like anthony davis very competitive <laughs> so you pull the parts out about boston and the comments there and like him asking about and like being aware of it and acknowledging it but yeah i think him leaving is yeah fair i mean that's what we're we'll talk about with him we'll talk about Giannis. you know right after him it'll be you know if the teams are currently on aren't winning and they don't make moves and and put their these stars in positions to win of course they'll move on it's we've seen it it's tail now at this point it's a tale as old as time I don't think I could have put it any better, my man. I mean, I... I, I <laughs> wow. Uh, look, he... Where you started with that was that it's shocking that a GM would want to take Cat over him. And I think the only reason that they would do that is because of his injuries. I think that if Anthony Davis yeah. had stayed healthy since he's been in the league, he would be the guy. Um and he unquestionably gets forgotten. And I think for the most part, that's because he's considered by many to be like a top, like a borderline top five, but definitely a top five, 10 player in the NBA. And most of the guys in front of them, in front of him are point guards or wings that have the ball in their hands. And Anthony Davis, not to say that the guy can't pass. Cause like he, he's fine there. He can, he can find the open man, but he's not going to be lighting the world on fire. Like James Harden and LeBron and, and other guys. He's going to be there to. He's a mid range scorer, rim runner, great on the defensive end, great rebounder. Like, he's an incredible basketball player. He's just a lot different from the other dominant players that you've seen, especially in the postseason over the last couple of years. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the thing I just like. If you could put him with a few other superstars in an organization that has a. That knows what they're doing and has a roster that is better suited around him. I think he he's gonna flourish. It's just a matter yeah. of getting him to the right place. Well, I think it's cool that I mean, just yeah, I think he's shown he can play with another superstar. Just off how him and Boogie and he's definitely sacrificed some of his productivity, just his numbers. I think because of Boogie and, and adapting to that, but uh, I. I mean, he's super talented, but it's just, yeah, I thought the one thing, just, yeah, back to that quote, just him listing off those guys, but, you know, everyone, when you do a top ten list of players in the league, I feel like everyone's, like, so quick to want to, like, throw these other younger guys in there, like Chris Stops and Giannis, and then it's like you get to that eight, nine, ten range, and you're like, someone will inevitably be like, what about AD? And then people are like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you got to put AD in there. Like, it's it's not necessarily people are saying he's bad or he's overrated. It's just, like, his – I feel like of all these these current young – this young crop of guys, like, his 
his ability and everything. And I, I would agree. It's probably a lot of that injuries and not being available at not playing 70 plus games but and not having the ball in his hands as much i think and then not having the the outside social media presence and all because i was gonna you know you say joel Embiid, (laughs) not hitting 70 games but everyone talks about him every second they can when we do because it's awesome but like yeah so i can kind of see where just 80s personality and just his style and everything he's he's kind of a little forgotten but um yeah i just would say that if you saw those headlines today, know that, and you didn't maybe read the article or just dig into it a little bit more, which is a common victim thing that everyone you know falls victim to in uh, social media is that yeah, he's probably not getting requesting a trade this year or anything like that. He's just you know it's definitely he's aware of his situation a little bit more. So, all right, PJ, we did our service. Now onto the, we updated the folks. Now we're getting onto the. I don't think it's ridiculous, but very well, but on the nose themed to- stories and topics. Listeners may not know this, but you and I, we have our own naughty and nice list of NBA players. Yeah. Uh, hell's yeah! And I've been checking it twice. We don't have enough time to go through the entire list today. But I, I do want to know who's at the top of your naughty and who's at the top of your nice list, and then I can do the same. Cool. Well, the top of my should I go naughty? No, I'm gonna go naughty first. You do what you want. Naughty. Uh, yeah. Number one on the naughty list just got ink just got pressed up there, uh, fresh fresh off the press from last night. Nikola Mirotic is probably <laughs> always on my naughty list, but this motherfucker. Bulls are six and zero since he's returned. Which, yes, I'm conflicted as a Bulls fan. That's great. As my ride or die, Fred Hoiberg, and wanting him to catch some wins. That's great. Hopefully, out of this all, he can win. You know, maybe Coach of the Year or not Coach of the Year. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just gonna settle for Coach of the Month. We can get December. That'd be a great little present for me and the Fred Hoiberg, the Mayor Army. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, Nikola Mirotic is coming back and winning games, and the Bulls are obviously trying to tank, and winning six games in a row is not a part of the plan. I didn't think they would win three games in a row, and if they did, it was going to be once at some point during the season, and then they were going to trade some guys. Um, So Nikola Mirotic once again has proven to me that he cannot follow the game plan anything i want him to do he does the opposite of and it's just very frustrating ultra i mean very naughty (laughs) it's super naughty very naughty i mean he's averaging 20 and 7 he's scored 20 plus points in four straight games including 29 against the jazz he is shooting 50 percent from three on the year uh it's like bobby force knocks some sense should if they could get a, if they could find a suitor, I would trade that guy immediately. Oh like, yeah, that's well. They can't trade him to January fifteenth. So that was gonna be my next piece on this. Is that mm, I have to sit th- here and take this for at least another month um, until he can get traded. So yeah, I'm hoping that Nikola Mirotic is equated him to the Bitcoin of basketball players right now. I'm hoping he just drives that price up, keeps driving that crazy thing up, and then we all know it's gonna drop. But someone's still gonna pay it, and then. Hopefully the Bulls aren't the ones picking up the tab. I mean, 
they could get even a halfway decent like a future first round pick from some team. I don't I don't know who. But some team. <laughs> any team. I'm taking any offer at this point. Like please T-Wolves I just could use some spacing. So Yeah, I mean the one thing they they fucked up with him is this his contract is not gonna be the smooth like he's he's not gonna probably go to a nice team like because he's I think he's at eighteen. I'm checking right now. I looked at oh he's at twelve and a half. So it's not impossible, but he also had they um it, his deal is nice where they do have a, a team option on it so someone can get him out of there if it doesn't work out but um or have him for another year. But yeah, I thought it, I honestly thought he was making more twelve and a half. So just that he had, well, but he has a no trade clause. That's what it is. That's why I'm upset. He has no trade clause this year, so he gets to pick in some ways to, of why the fact that he has a no trade clause. Yeah, it's stupid. It's so stupid. It's such a team. It, there's no reason to give that to him. So yeah, he has it for this year, so he would have to sign off on any trade. But I think the Bobby little thing you know maybe made him would make him open to it and he was before this will he be after i think so like my mind i'm I'm just like rationalizing it as he's playing this well and doing a lot of this so he can get the fuck out of chicago um you know where he really should go is like portland i don't know what the bulls will get back from portland but yeah i, portland I have could no use idea them. I don't know. I need to start looking at where they what the Bulls give back. That would be of something that I would like more than anything. He'll probably go to like. Oh God! I just need to find a shitty point guard. Well, I made the joke to Deuce. I don't know if I did it on the pod, but I just said we'll do Moutier for Nikola Mirotic straight up. We'll both just double down on our strengths as teams. Me having Bulls having subpar point guards and Deuce and the Nuggets having a plethora of. Stretch fours. Hey, I mean the Bulls can pretty much do anything if you're trying to tank. The Nugs, I think, are trying to win, so I can't say I'm in favor of that. But I want to get if I could get anything of actual value, like I would have taken a second round pick for Nico and and or Bobby Portis two months ago. Now they're winning six games in a row. Like, damn. So yeah, Nikola Mirotic quit just being a dick. That's all I can say, man. It's just it's wild to me. He is just he's been the consistent heel or thorn in my side when it comes to Bulls basketball. When I've wanted him to win and him to contribute, he's sucked and had basketballs dribble off his feet and just pump faked me into hysteria and now he's can't miss a shot, he's getting boards and What a world we live in, Ultra. Well, I'm curious to hear I hope that you the guy that's on your night nice list is equally as good as Miritich is naughty oh you want me to just drop that one right now yeah hit me oh uh well folks i'm to not call sure you off if you're guard? of this no well no not really uh shocker maybe <laughs> would be uh my person on my nice list is not named Giannis actually but probably the other person i talk about the most lebron james just Shout out LeBron. <laughs> I don't. My hot take. On what can this you is say that much. we haven't already said? <laughs> I uh, would just say he's playing out of his goddamn mind, and it's uh, it's been fun. Another I'm triple excited. double. 
Another triple double. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm sure, LeBron going just hardo as he has been, as his current theme. He will probably get, I'm saying he'll probably end up with a triple double on Christmas against the Warriors. Um, that just seems like his kind of thing he's just doing right now is a little hardo tour. Um, which is fun in some ways. He's putting up crazy numbers at his age. I just want him to be ready to go for the playoffs. That's all I ask. All I ask from you, LeBron. Um, but it's been fun. He's I've enjoyed watching him a lot this season. It's been um, it's just crazy. Yeah, year fifteen. Everything that I've already seen this guy do, and I'm just continually yeah just impressed with him, his play, and his uh, his oop the other night where he almost lost his damn head. It was it was it was nice. Yeah, it was that that alone is it just solidified him in the nice list. So uh, number one right Le- now, but he will not. Giannis will get the best present still. LeBron, my love, my love. Twenty-seven point eight points, nine point three assists, eight and a half rebounds, thirty-one per, shooting f- over forty percent from three, seventy-seven percent from the line, fifty fifty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, and him and Giannis, uh, my, my one and twos, uh, rank turning thirty-three in eleven yeah. days. It's stupid, but yeah, Giannis and LeBron, my one and twos in my, in my heart, are uh, also rank one and two in the NBA in restricted area field goals this season. Ultra, Giannis has had fourteen in both games against the Cavs, who are and they're about to tip off here. In a few minutes, uh, tied for most by a player in a game this season. So I had to get a little Giannis fact in there. But, yeah, we will, uh, we're definitely not going to go an hour 18 today, folks. I need to watch the Bucks cavs Well, I'll keep things moving, man. So, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, guy yeah. My, the guy on my naughty list, which has certainly been on my nice list for a majority of the time that I've been watching the NBA is... John Wall. So I, he's been hurt a little bit this year, a little banged up. But just when, you, like, as far as the eye tests go, I don't like the way the ball's moving around for the Wizards. Like, they are, I think, 16 and 14 right now in the Eastern Conference. I'm double checking that. Yes. Yeah, 16 and 14 yes. in the Eastern Conference. And this is a team that has a roster that is much more talented that being 16 and 14. I, I understand the East has been surprisingly good this year. The Pistons and the Pacers in particular have been solid, and the Raptors have been on fire lately. But John Wall just really inefficient. He's shooting 42% from the field, 31% from three. Uh, so he's, his effective field goal percentage is 46%. I mean, the, the, the points and assists are still there, but I just I, I would expect that his he would be a little bit more efficient offensively and would be able to get more of his teammates involved. And, and maybe this is more of an issue. Maybe this is a roster problem. Like I know Mahinmi has been a disaster signing Ooh. for that team, but with Bradley Beal and Otto Porter having good seasons, I would expect John Wall to be playing better and he just hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm watching that game right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I think something has to do with the injuries, like him being out for a little bit, and then Bradley Beal like, had his little stretch there. But um, 
I don't know. I just don't worry about it too, like with them yet, because I feel like they did this last year too. And I know I said this. I've said this before, but like they kind of had a, a clunky first half, and then they just they they hit their stride and figured out everything. But yeah, with them, I mean, the two things I, I look at with them always is their depth is not great, so you you kind of get in some trouble there and. I think also, like, for them, this team, I just feel like they're very, um, they take themselves very seriously. And I th- I, I kind of feel like with them last year when they had that beef with the Celtics, although it was very corny at points, like, I feel like that kind of helped get the, the whole team, team going a little bit more. Uh and just like as far as like John Wall's like oh we're gonna do this and then he had all all of his guys like back him up and be like yeah yeah we're gonna wear all this black and stuff maybe it's just they don't have Markeith Morris I don't I mean or no they still have Markeith I'm an idiot yeah I'm thinking <laughs> of Marcus I'm sorry guys <laughs> get to know your twins man jeez yeah hand up my bad um so yeah no he'll have Markeith is his yes man there but. Yeah, I mean, the Mahami, Mahimi thing is the other side, just that depth. Like, yeah, you wish you could have that money go elsewhere. I'm sure they'll make another trade here at some point. Hell, maybe they'll want Mr. Nikola Mirotic. He'll be their Bogdanovich of last year. That would be interesting. If he keeps putting up the numbers he is right now, they could win the NBA championship, man. Who knows? I just don't know yet what I'd want from the Wizards, so... And it's all about me, guys. I'm sorry. This is just sure, how sure. it goes. It's all about my needs. You know, if you want something from me, I'm gonna get need something back from you, Wizard. So feel free to call me before you call Gar Foreman and Pax. I'm sure we'll be able to work something out that's favorable for both sides. But if you're looking to, you know, make a nice bargain on a steal, get a nice Black Friday price after Christmas, then call Garp and Gar Pax first. Discounting the crap out of players. Yeah, too bad. I have a really low level of confidence that that guy's going to go on the move. I feel like they're picking up that option, baby. Who? Bulls. No, they didn't trade him. There's trading him is what we need to do. He does not need to be on this team, especially if he's going to win us, create six game winning streaks for us. He's taking minutes away from my sweet finish, Prince. Yeah, Laurie. Well, we'll see, buddy. Uh, I'm going to move on to my nice list, which yes. is another point guard in the Western Conference who's also had his fair share of injuries, and that's Chris Paul, who has mm-hmm. been, ever since he's returned to the Rockets, has been great. Been they have little, not lost. You know, Been a little I'm, streak starter of his own, in his own accord. Yep, so the... He's been a, a huge part in what they've been able to do over the last couple of weeks, even though they had been, you know, on a roll even before that. But thus far this season, he's, you know, right around his career averages, just under 18 points a game, nine assists, but he's shooting close to 50% from the field, over 40% from three, almost 90% from the line. He's been great. He's terrorizing second units. Um, I was pro this pair going into the season, but it just seems to be meshing a lot quicker than I thought. I thought that maybe they would need to kind of figure out who's going to be leading the second unit, 
um, how much time they should play together, when they should be playing with one another, and they seem to have have this down pat. Now everyone's talking, you know, Rockets, Warriors, Western Conference Finals, and maybe the Rockets can win. Yeah, I mean they're they're yeah we were already kind of said it all. They've been playing really well. Uh, enough ball to go around for both Chris Paul and James Harden. He's been a he's been a nice nice addition to the to the squad so far. Um, and they've yeah I think he's he's given them maybe a little bit more of an edge at, at points. And uh, yeah, I mean it, it doesn't hurt to have a Hall of Fame point guard and and then have a James Harden. <laughs> and one big Soon thing to be that in people that category. and one people and one thing that people were really concerned going in this year is that the Rockets tend to really only shoot from 3 and getting to the getting to the rack, but Chris Paul, a big part of his game for his entire career has been mid-range. And yeah. this yep. year he's shooting more threes than ever before. He's shooting over 7 threes a game. Uh, last year was his uh, previous career high. He was shooting just under six, but so he's you know not playing a ton of minutes. hasn't played a ton of games this season, but still just jacking up threes at a rate that he's never hit before, and seems to like have really embraced what that team's trying to do. Uh, but the the big thing with them is like they're going to be good in the regular season. We knew Houston was going to be good. I'm still worried about these two guys in the playoffs and being able to take down a team that has so much playoff experience, like the Warriors or even the Spurs. Right. I mean, I just think I. Chris like, I'm not. Always... I have not bought in on that yet. Uh-huh. Yet I do. I do not buy the beating either of those two teams hype. Yeah, I. I kind of do this year though because I think defensively they've shown a little bit more, and I'm banking on the idea that. With the CP edition, James Harden's going to have his legs in the playoffs for a little bit deeper and just that intensity. And, you know, Chris Paul's Chris Paul's done what James Harden's done to this point, you know, more than like he's been down the road of, of falling out to the second round. So I feel like he's going to be, of anyone, the guy, if, if this team kind of gets down or they have that lull in, in those situations, he'll give them a, the kick in the ass they need. But, just even shooting wise, like that was one thing I thought was gonna be the easiest for him because that mid range stuff was he was a little, say younger and just with that Clippers like it made sense to kind of penetrate in the lane and then him to be able to kind of set up that either oop to to Blake or DeAndre but right. he's always shot really well from three and I I just think the thing with him that I've I've liked to see is that his ability to play off the ball at points off James but. You know, vice versa, just their yin and yang that they've been able to to have go uh, from the from the start since he's he's been back from that injury, uh, which which was the one thing a lot of people we weren't really sure about at one point was like oh this might delay their their them syncing up but they've they figured it out so it's uh well, now it's kind of evaluating them yeah where they fall in this the West and and where you you see them stack up with these other teams and you're. You're not as you're not. I feel like I I maybe jumped you a little bit on my the Rockets' confidence now. Well, I appreciate you that you recognize you were wrong and that you're you're changing your line of thinking, man. You're you're really growing on this podcast yes. before our viewers' very ears. 
as as the pod matures, so do we. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to our last segment, man, which we have uh, three very important visitors with us today. They're <laughs> NBA Christmas past, present, and future. And they've brought three unique glimpses into both your and my mind and we want to talk about those three things hells yeah so i'd like to start with your past pj so you know and and some of some of these could be this season they could be farther in the past but who knows where the the ghost of of christmas past will take us yes and, and where did he take you he landed me on the idea of remember after the first game of the season ultra when Gordon Hayward and that horrific injury that we would like to all live in our, our past. Oh, when the Celtics uh, season ended. Yeah. People thought that it was done. It was one, they were one and done one game and done. Uh, and if you look at where we're at today, I would say the picture they're sitting at 26 and seven, they stole a game uh, they themselves were maybe the Grinches last night against the Indiana Pacers and, and stole a game out of nowhere uh, thanks to uh, errant pass, a gift that the Pacers gave them in some ways. You could also make that argument. Um, they were able to win, but yeah, it's pretty wild just the, the quick turn there and um, you know, looking at after that Gordon Hayward injury occurred, questions of, hey, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, got to step up it's it's on you and both those guys have answered and then Kyrie's obviously been been incredible and and probably Brad Stevens is your your front runner right now for coach of the year uh because of that team how they performed thus far uh and they've just it's been impressive they're they look similar they they definitely as far as how they're performing I mean you can make a lot of comparisons to last year but it it feels like they do have a little bit of a little a more of an extra oomph to them and, and just there's there's a next level they can go so as we look forward and, and look towards that next the rest of the season and going forward like you know where does that next step go what's that look like for them but uh yeah it's just pretty crazy uh to, to think of where we were at after that opening night game and how quickly they erased that doubt and went on their their little winning streak there and now you know, have definitely been one of the top teams in the in the NBA. Yeah, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just they have essentially replaced his scoring output and then Kyrie has been I would say people expected a lot of, of him, considering he was the one that was saying that he could would be able to carry the team, uh, an NBA team being the number one option. But he would, I would say that he's even exceeded most people's expectations. Al Horford has been, yeah, him and Al Horford to that have played, team. Yeah, I mean, him and Al have played really well together. Have played off each other really well. But yeah, then you wonder like what how good this team would have been if you have Gordon Hayward. And then also props to, uh, I mean, Brad Stevens deserves a ton of credit because. Yeah, this team has been unbelievable, and like their win last night. Jeez. So we're recording on a on a Tuesday night. Last night they were losing by one. Jeez. Playing in is Indiana, mic, is my mic not on? I, 
Yeah, man. The Grinch. Oh, my bad. The, you missed my Grinch joke, I guess. Oh, my yeah, bad. Yeah, Terry Rozier was the Grinch and stole the gift that the Pacers gave him. <laughs> Gosh. I'm sorry. I was. I must have been spacing out for a second. But, I mean, Jeez. they just. They, they just in this they're, rich, rich comedy. They're <laughs> unbelievable. They've. Yeah, I I know that I should be looking to you when it comes to all Christmas jokes. You you made that aware earlier. Jeez, that was kind of a scroogey uh, <laughs> shade you just gave me there. I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you. I'm, I'm not sure re- how yet. Oh, I don't either. Um, just maybe listen. Let's start with listening, Ultra. Well, I'll open up my ears. I apologize. There we go. Um, well, I'll uh, I'll tell you what what uh, NBA's Christmas past told me, and or showed me, and yeah. and some things that I, I had kind of forgotten about, and and it was very on brand considering last night Kobe Bryant's two jerseys were retired uh, in Staples Center, which was super cool, and he was much deserved all the praise that he got from current and uh, old NBA players. And um, I couldn't help but think that he did waste a few opportunities when he was in the league. In particular, I still cannot believe how terrible the season with him, Carl Malone, Shaq, and Gary Payton had. And not to mention later teaming up with Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. They did go to the finals. They went to the finals and they lost to a Pistons team without anybody. Like any. Don't 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 discredit Chauncey Billups' ability. I, I've got a love for Cha- I've got a lot of love for Ben Wallace and Rasheed and and Chauncey and Rip and Tayshon. That's a great team. But we're talking four Hall of Famers on the starting lineup, and they they got murdered by the Pistons. And then you look at like all the hype. I remember watching free agency, like having no idea what the heck was going to happen with Steve Nash and, and Dwight and all this stuff. And Dwight's going to, you know, ends up getting, I believe they both got traded uh, during the off season to the Lakers. Yes. Yeah. Dwight had a year left on his, on his contract, but it was right in the middle of free agency. I remember seeing it on the 4th of July and, yeah. uh, and everyone's talking about like, go back to the finals, going to win another championship. And that team is an eight seed and loses in the first round. Yeah, I mean, that team was was a bit of a, a bit of a disappointment. I wouldn't necessarily, the Carl, the Carl Malone, Gary Pitt, yeah, the hype and all, but looking back on that, like, uh, I'm not as, that one doesn't really, I guess, give me the, the same flex back you know, I would agree kinda. I would agree with you but both of them have some ties to the present in a way because this oh. reminds us of uh, at least me uh, of the thunder a little bit oh jeez is it I which which uh, this I mean you're talking about the Dwight Kobe Steve Nash yeah I guess I mean Yes and no. I mean, I see what you're going for, but... I'm not saying that it's a direct comparison. All I'm saying is that you have three superstars, one who's clearly the alpha. Acquired in one offseason. Kobe, Russ, and then in 
the case you have you know Dwight Howard I don't think there's a really great comparison with him but because apparently Mello and Paul George do get along with Russ on and off the court it just yeah. doesn't seem to be meshing numbers wise they're just not so, winning games so what you're you're like I can't I'm I'll, so you're basically saying like so Russ Stephen Adams the established guys on the team they brought in two superstars Paul George Mello to Steve Nash and Dwight Howard yeah it's just sometimes sure. you really got to pay attention I'll to meet you there how players play and just because you have a bunch of superstars doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna mesh mm. they're not and all fantasy teams ultra not all fantasy teams and i thought that i thought okc was gonna be great this year maybe they'll still turn still turn it around but sometimes they just don't and i'm a little i'm getting more worried that they're not i'm uh okc will single-handedly kill brain cells for me the rest of this season because i am an idiot that it just keeps running back into that brick wall of like yes they're i'm yeah i'm i'm not ready to to be convinced that they're they can't put it together but man it really hurts every time i think they're like all right we got it and then they just lose some bum-ass team on a given night um i would like to hear let's uh, let's i want to what's the nba present man the ghost of the present the ghost ghost of the the present present, uh i was gonna go with the timberwolves um, just a, a team in general that uh, really perplexes me. No, I wouldn't say I'm just really, I think at this point, is one of the teams I, I find myself really drawn to to try to figure out what's what's going on with them. Because, granted, they are um, currently sitting at uh, in fourth in the West. And the West that we thought was going to be very competitive, very... Um, especially top heavy, weren't sure if they would be able to crack up in that top four. Sitting at eighteen and thirteen, but how they've done it is been pretty heavy on offense. Their defense has not been anywhere close to where we were projecting even last year or this year. The Tibbs defense is not really set in, um, and I'm personally just not feeling a thousand percent confident on Cat. But I'm waiting for the second half Cat to show up. Since I'm, I'm still trying to, to really stick that as being a thing that he just gets he he gets better in the second half of seasons. Um, more than anything, though, is uh, how Jimmy Butler would fit in this team, and it's kind of supposed to be his keys to the the car in some ways, and he was very I guess passive in some ways. Um, had taken definitely a, a in some cases the, the was the third scorer. Um, and are you know now and then it kind of developed in being second between him and Wiggins, but now I mean the last two weeks here he's had a stretch of really a, a couple big Jimmy Butler games where he's scoring a lot late um, and has has made some plays for them, uh, which was something I really had wondered if he would do and and how it would mature how it would actually maturate just because on the Bulls it was just always going to be him like there was just. You know, and, and this is kind of it's come within the flow of games at points, and he's also just taken it upon himself to take over when he's when he's felt it. Um, so, yeah, they're they're just kind of a team that I'm I'm sitting at right now. I'm very very interested and very back and forth on trying to figure out figure out where they they are at in this grand scheme of the the season. So, they're a really weird team for yes. a lot of reasons uh they, they don't really have no, any sh- they don't have any shooting i don't have a bench 
they don't have a bench, even though Jamal Crawford was bomb last night. Yeah, in general, do not have a very good bench. They really rely on nothing. No, if you're listening to this podcast, you know it already. They play their like Tibbs works his starting unit to the bone every game. And the surprising thing about the team, a big reason why they've been in almost every game this season, they haven't gotten blown out a ton. They had a couple bad. A couple bad losses early, like one of the Warriors, Pacers, Pistons here and there, but in general have been in games, and that's because they just don't turn the ball over. They really don't turn the ball over very much, but they don't shoot enough threes, so other teams are hitting a lot more threes than them and staying in the game. So every game they play in is close. They play average defense, but have good isolation scores. They're kind of going against the grain in a lot of ways, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Cat has been not still not great defensively, but has shown signs of life offensively, especially in the last week or so. Wiggins is in a shooting slump. It's just if they can get all their stars to click, they're going to be tough. It's just it, it seems like at the beginning of the season, Wiggins really had it going, and Jimmy didn't, and. Cat yeah. had it going for a little while, and Jimmy was still getting going, and Wiggins started slumping, and now, you know, like you said, Jimmy's on fire, and Cat's kind of doing his thing, but nothing spectacular. And then out of Taj and Jeff Teague, you just kind of get you're going to get ten and ten out of uh, Taj every night, which is great and good defense. And then from Teague, you're going to get like twelve, five, and five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeff Teague's the one guy. I'm just not. I'm still not sure if he's he makes sense on this team. He's really atrocious offensively, but I don't know what other options they could really go with. They don't have a lot. Do you think just them trading like Drew Holiday and they swap Drew Holiday and Jeff Teague? You think that helps either? No. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't no, I, I don't think it helps either of them. I, I Drew, first of all, I mean, if even if we're ignoring contracts, I think they're like the same player. I was. That's that's why I thought going into the season yeah. is that if the T Wolves get George Hill, who I'm I'm more worried about just because of his injury history, but if they end up getting Drew Holiday or they get Jeff Teague, I would be no less or more excited either way. They're pretty much the same. I will say yeah. that Drew Holiday has had a few flashes of like big scoring outputs and stuff like that this year, but he's also had a few duds that I wouldn't, I haven't really seen from Teague. They're a weird team, man. They're they're going to continue to be frustrating until Carl Anthony Towns could play defense, and then if him and Tim's could be in a better spot, then I think it, the entire team would benefit from it. Um, but this off season, I like the Taj signing. We yeah. needed we needed someone to replace Rubio, but gosh, we need. I mean, the the Timberwolves need shooting badly. They need it badly. Yeah, I mean, the, I think if you could convince someone to take Georgie, that would be the. Yeah, and I like it. That be He's the a move. Good, good backup center, but they just don't need big guys. Yeah, I think that's the that would be the move. You could take him with something and see what you could get, but. Right. What do you got, Ultra? So my present is a bit of a prediction. Uh, I think, you I think the Cavs. The present. The I present think the, is what is. Hmm. Well, hmm. 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 
So not, Do we need to look up the definition of present? I, this season, the present season. Yes. So I, I think I, I think Anthony Davis is going to go to the Celtics. This present season. I think this season. Get the fuck. No way. Yep. Dude, I once again, is my mic on? Did you not hear what we just talked? There's no way. There's no way. I think the Pelicans are floating around 500 now. I Bradley think they're going to dip below 500. Bradley Beal just rolled his ankle, by the way. Breaking news. Uh, You'll hear already. Don't like that. Tomorrow. But yes, I I think I think Anthony Davis finishes the season as a Celtic. I think the Cavs still go to the finals. Alrighty, well, hmm, I'm not really sure what to respond to that other than I think Anthony Davis will probably remain on the Pelicans. I think they blow yes. it up. I think they're smart and they they decide they're not nah, going to re-sign nah. Boogie and they blow it up. They need people to show up to that stadium, Ultra. And Drew Holiday will put asses in those seats. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's. Uh, what do you got for your future, baby? <laughs> what else you got? What else you got? All right. For for my future, I'm going to give a bit of a. I'm going to look forward to the future of NBA free agency, which we all love. And this is going to be a big offseason that we haven't really thought about a ton. And I think that something that's getting ignored and was hit on a little bit this past offseason is the lack of cap room teams are going to have. So let's just look at the big free agents that are coming on the market. So LeBron's going to decline his option to become a free agent. Melo likely will do the same. Mm-hmm. KD, eh, we'll see. I mean, everything it happens what happens whatever happens the rest of the year with OKC will dictate what Melo does but likely I would say DeAndre Jordan may opt out Paul George likely will opt out you know a lot of guys like that and then you have unrestricted free agents like Chris Paul Boogie IT IT Avery Bradley JJ Redick it's going to be a fun off season I no one has I- money Nobody has money except your Chicago Bulls projected $40 million cap cap space based off SpotTrack.com. Lakers with $47 million, Mavs with $33, Hawks with $31, Sixers with $31. My point is almost no one will have max cap space. So where are these guys going to go? Back to their teams. I think think LeBron – I think – I think LeBron signs. Oh, I think LeBron stays one more year in Cleveland. Is my hot take. Oh, interesting. Did uh, the I've said? I think I've said that off the future. Tell you that. I've said that. I think I've said that off the pod. But my my working theory is he stays at the Cavs one more year and then maybe leaves. I think it depends on what happens this year, but you could be right. Anyway. All the ghosts of Christmas Didn't mean future to drop showed that bomb me in your segment. <laughs> all the ghosts of Christmas future showed me is that it's going to be just as crazy of an off season as it has been the last few years, despite the fact there's less cap room. <laughs> what are you laughing about, PJ? You're passing your. <laughs> I thought how this segment was gonna go. It's just like a. 
past thing, like, let's look back, future, or, like, current thing, like, oh, this is, like, a cool thing that's happening right now, future, that's where the scintillating thing is gonna be, and you literally flipped yours, where you're, like, scintillating thing is gonna be Anthony Davis getting traded during this season to the Celtics, and then <laughs> your future is just, yeah, I think it's gonna be a pretty crazy offseason. <laughs> yeah, my that's guy. My- that's my, my future, man. baby. <laughs> hey, my man. We got to keep everybody on their toes. We're not. This is. There's a reason we don't define our. Uh, we, we don't limit ourselves when it comes to different segments on this pod. We you. You never know what you're gonna. Damn. Hear. I mean, no. It's good. It's all good. I'm just giving you some shit. But what's your? Now I say that future? my 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 scintilla- This is where the scintillating take comes in. So strap in your your hot take whirlwind. Um, Real, really, something no one's gonna expect, but I think the Bucks are gonna finish in the top three in the East. I believe it. Yeah. I went back into my secret lab, and I uh, maybe I did one too many lines of Bucks Kool Aid. I don't the Kool Aid powder just. But I um I think what may happen is Jason Kidd may not make it past the uh, All Star break here, and I think that will maybe spur a, a change to happen. I mean, I don't know if he makes it to January next month. I'm depends how they play this next month here, but I'm I'm a little I would be nervous if I were the the kid household as far as his job security goes. Um that offense needs to change and they've got too much talent to make it to have it still be this clunky. Um and I think if they can fix how they've been playing on offense, rebound a little bit better. Um I think you find yourself seeing the the Bucks go on a bit of a run here in the second half, especially as certain teams. I think as, as trades are made and, and just where where everyone kind of lays in the East. I feel like everyone's been very clogged here, um, especially the last month and a half. And I, I just think eventually that's going to break up, and teams are going to some teams are going to drop some teams are going to rise and i'm just gonna i'm predicting the the ghost of future past or whatever you want to call them he's telling me the uh bucks are gonna they're gonna come back and and show me what i i believed in the beginning of the season yeah yeah quite something well man uh i think this all hinges on how jabari plays when he gets back well, he just he just started practicing and playing with the herd, so we'll uh, we will have to see. They're uh, they're up forty three forty on the Cavs right now. So what up, Ultra? Well, I I can't say I would um, I I would not think that something like this would happen. But if the uh, ghosts of Christmas future showed it to you, then I can only Gotta assume that it, it will happen. You gotta have faith, Ultra. I I hope it happens, and I'll leave it at that. All right. Should we close out with this schedule? What game you're looking forward to the most? We yes, we probably should. So I, I will say this is not the game that I'm most looking forward to, but I'm really happy that the opening game is one that I'm really excited about because usually on yes. Christmas the first game. It's kind of a dud, and then we get mm. Cavs Warriors in the afternoon, and then it just is great for the rest of the day. But Nick Celtics year, was good. Nick Celtics was good like two years ago, or was sure. it maybe last year? But this maybe year we year. get Nick Sixers, and mm. that is going to be a very very fun game. But I mean, Cavs Warriors is always fun. 
even though the Warriors typically end up blowing out the Cavs. Last year, the Cavs ended up winning that game, but uh, Rockets Thunder is going to be fun. Yeah, that's it's going in a, on. It's it, if it was in Houston, I'd be worried of just a complete blowout, but I think since it's an OKC, they'll keep it close. And uh, I don't know, James Harden and, and Russ typically try to kick it up a notch against one another, one another because they are always competing for MVPs. They played yeah. with one another. That would be the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I was going to say it was Cavs, so, uh, Warriors, but now it looks like Steph's probably not going to play on Christmas. Um, so that's a big lump of coal in my basketball buzz. Um so yeah, I think it's gonna be Rockets in OKC too. I'm just gonna have to find a way to sneak and watch it at my family Christmas since unfortunately I come from a repressed repressed basketball home that will be probably watching Well, yeah, I bet you I'm gonna have to fight Monday night football on this crap. Oh sucks. you you I'm one hundred percent gonna be one hundred percent going to be fighting over uh, football to watch these, but I usually no win that basketball. fight. So, yeah, hey. I I can do it. Well, no, what ends up happening is I can sneak it on. I probably told this all. My basically my strategy is I I seize the moment when no one's paying attention to the television. And I change it, and then I just watch, and then I usually can get like a twenty to thirty minute of it of basketball before someone's like, oh, why is there basketball on? Let's watch Christmas Story for the twelfth time today. And I'm like, oh, don't get me started on Christmas Story. Um, hey, you gotta you gotta close this out with some singing. I think. Do you want me to do it? You should do it because I know yeah. you want to go watch the Bucks Cavs game. I know. Can we kill some time for like two? Uh, maybe I need like fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. You, okay. Why don't you read? Why don't you read the uh, all of our our stuff, Ultra? Okay. So before we get some great singing from PJ here, uh, please do us a give us a great present this Christmas by leaving us a review on iTunes. Uh, send us an email at thepointforwardnba at gmail.com. Check out our website, thepointforwardnba.com. Uh, and uh, we really do appreciate everyone that listened this entire year. I think that we got at least one or, or two more pods left in us before the before the next year, but. Merry Christmas to everyone, and thank you for listening, as always. And with that, I, I think I think I killed enough time for you, Peej. Why don't you sing you did. us out? Merry Christmas, gang. <clears throat> you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall... The most famous reindeer of all. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, reindeer, had a very shiny nose like a light bulb. And if you ever saw it, saw it, you would even say it glows like a flashlight. Of the <laughs> other reindeer, reindeer, you still haven't called him names like Pinocchio. They never let poor Rudolph, Rudolph. Rudolph. Boy, in any reindeer games like Monopoly. Monopoly. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Oh, 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 Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? 
Then all the reindeer loved him, loved him, as they shouted out with glee. Yippee! Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, reindeer, you'll go down in his story. Merry Christmas, everybody.